welcome to the Jefferson County Podcast for the People. Today, we are talking about elections. And as a result, we have a lot of guests today that make up our Jefferson County Election Commission. We have probate judge James Naftal, who is the chief elections official of the county. We have Barry Stevenson, who is chairman of the Board of Registrars. Um, We have Captain Ponder with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. We have the circuit clerk for Bessemer, Karen Dunn-Burks, who manages absentee voting in the Bessemer cutoff area. And we have circuit clerk Jackie Anderson, handles absentee elections in the Birmingham area. So everybody, welcome. Thank you uh, for taking the time to be with us today. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this, where I think people just don't have a general understanding of how elections work in Jefferson County, and in some ways we're unique. And so Judge Naftal, I'll start with you. If you can kind of explain your role as the chief election official. Okay. Thanks, Helen. Well, Jefferson County, as you said, is a little bit unique in Alabama because we're by far the largest county. We have over 500,000 registered voters here, and we're also a, a big county geographically. So we cover a lot of ground and we have a lot of people, which means we need a lot of people to be invested in making our elections run well. The presiding probate judge, uh, which happens to be me right now, is the chief election official for the county, but that's just one component of very many um, who make elections run well in the county. Um, Barry with the Board of Registrars is the one who is the keeper of the the voter rolls and gets people registered, gets people disqualified when they need to be. He also works with the county commission on precincts and making sure that everyone has a place to vote that is accessible and safe and big enough. Uh, The sheriff's department uh, works on election security, on ballot security, on keeping all of our stuff, that's the machinery of the elections, safe and secure. And general services with the county uh, maintains those machines, uh, procures supplies for us, Uh, contracts with um, absentee workers uh, for temporary uh, workers during the election season and and really is sort of the muscle behind um, elections in in the county. So there are dozens and dozens of people who work a lot to make sure that elections go well in the county. And the the probate judge really is sort of the facilitator of all those things. We do things like run the election schools or help run them, um, we get out the calendar for people to follow. We do those kinds of things, but um, you know, it's truly a collective and a team effort to make it run well. Great, thank you, Barry. Let's talk a little bit about the board of registrars. I know you come to the commission meetings and you're having to change a lot of precincts and locations. How challenging is your role? Well, as uh, the board of registrars, our primary statutory responsibility keeping an accurate list of voters. And our list is dynamic. It's not static. Every day, uh, the official list uh, changes. Uh, People are moving. People are moving out. People are moving in. People are changing their names. They're they're transferring out to other states. So we're constantly updating the list. So it's in a dynamic state. It's changing all the time. Uh, So when we're preparing for election, we... uh, 
enter all that data up to the last point before the cutoff. The cutoff is 14 days before an election. And then we'll begin to, uh, in the old days, produce a hard copy paper list that would be sent to the polls. Now, uh, fortunately, uh, with the push from the Election Commission and a presentation to our county commission, county manager, uh, the county commission purchased the e-poll books that we've been utilizing now for a few election cycles. And that is really, that technology has been a great uh, help in helping the county uh, conduct successful and efficient elections. Uh, the check-in time is much quicker. Uh, everything is, there's a digital trail, especially in a primary where we have to capture if someone, uh, the particular uh, party, whether it's Republican or Democrat, we have to keep track of that now under a new statute for the runoff uh, provisions. All that's done electronically, and that, is, that has been a tremendous help to us on the election administration side conducting an election. It's also helped uh, speed up the lines. Now, in November of 2020, we did have record turnout all throughout the county. In our urban areas, suburban, rural precincts, it was just record turnout. So there were long lines in some areas. And if we had not had the e-poll books, they would have been much, much longer. But we still do produce a paper list as a safety net. So just in case everything heads south on Election Day, we have a paper backup. Uh, that we can get to the precincts in a relatively short time. Uh, so there is a fail-safe provision. Uh, so that gives uh, our elected officials, our county commissioner, county manager, and those of us in the elections administration side uh, some uh, feeling of a safety net. Uh, fortunately, nothing it hasn't gone that far yet. Now, uh, as far as the precincts go, the commission has entrusted the board of registrar, specifically myself, uh, in – uh, obtaining and, and finding the precincts. And when we find a precinct, it's not just finding somewhere in a community that someone can vote at. It has to meet certain standards. It has to have, it has to be ADA compatible, America with Disability Act compatibility. And there's a huge checklist that I complete when I go to each precinct. Uh, is there handicapped parking? Is there handicapped van signage? Uh, are the ramps less than five degrees? Uh, if they're over five degrees, they're no longer compliant. Uh, are the doors wide enough? Is there room for a wheelchair to turn around inside? So we go through a pretty long checklist for each facility uh, that we want to add or change to uh, as a voting precinct. Uh, we also take pictures for our files so we know on this particular date, this facility was ADA compliant. One thing I've been doing since November of 2020, a few places no longer desire to be a precinct. That's not uncommon. We have over 170 precincts countywide, more than twice the next largest county uh, as far as number of precincts. Uh, so we always have a little bit of turnover. But in addition to that, we've been trying to, well, we have been adding precincts to certain geographical areas where we had lines and we wanted to uh, take a, a large measure and reduce those lines for the next election. We've added a precinct in Mount Olive. We've added a precinct in Gardendale. We've added two precincts in Trustful. 
Uh, we're going to add a precinct in Hoover. I'm talking with the city of Hoover right now. We're going to add another precinct to Vestavia in talks with them right now. We're probably going to add a precinct to East Birmingham. Uh, we won't need that till after the municipal election uh, this August, but we'll, but for our election in 2022, uh, we'll probably be adding one in East Birmingham and maybe some other areas of Birmingham. So we're always looking to uh, find a facility that's ADA compliant and that would help us conduct uh, an efficient election. People can park, people can get in and out and uh, in an in, in a effective and efficient manner. So we're always trying to improve from the last election. And I think we're well on our way to doing that. We had a successful election in November 2020 with record turnout. By far, we smashed every record with turnout. We're trying to learn from every election, and uh, we'll be ready for uh, 2022. Great. Thank you. So, Captain Ponder, let's talk security in the sheriff's department. The, the state code directs the sheriff to maintain a presence at each voting site within the county. We do that by patrolling. I'll have anywhere from 30 to 40 deputies assigned to this task. And throughout the day, we'll monitor the, uh, the precincts. Um, and it's mainly to make sure nobody disrupts the process, either by voting or campaigning too close to the voting precinct, being disorderly at the voting precincts. We want voters to be able to go in, vote, and leave without being bothered, without, without any interference. We've seen everything. We've responded to, to calls for service ranging from weather, severe weather events. Uh, one year we had a tornado go down, go through Bessemer and knock out power to a bunch of precincts. We've had shootings in the vicinity. So we have to maintain a presence to make sure not only are the voters allowed to vote without interference, but also without getting shot. Um, and then last, uh, in 2020, we had the pandemic to deal with. Yeah. Uh, the concerns about voters not wearing masks or people getting too close within the precinct. Uh, we're kind of like the referees. Um, it's an education process. Go out there, we educate the campaign workers, the poll watchers, the voters, the uh, poll workers on what the law says. And we educate them and things run smooth. And on top of the security, we have the ballots, ballot issues. We distribute all the materials to the priest. It, it sounds like a lot. Karen, I know I was in Bessemer at the last election. Everybody knows absentee voting because of COVID became a huge thing to contend with. Talk a little yes. bit about your role and how it's, it's evolved in the past year, really. It really has. Thank you, Helen. Um, as you stated, when you were there, you got a glimpse of how uh, fast paced and how uh, the voters were very passionate about voting, along with the COVID guidelines. Uh, with all of the uh, moving parts that everyone's previously spoken about, are also applicable to us in the Bestman Division and for Birmingham as far as with the absentee uh, component. Um, the voters were eager, they were 
compliant, most of them for the part. If not, you know, we call Captain Ponder. <laughs> but they were absolutely, uh, absolutely ready to vote and eager to vote. And so at that time, we were really impressed with the volumes. It's very slow that we broke numbers, uh, barriers, and they were still compliant with the mask. We provide that if they needed it. Um, they were uh, using hand sanitizers. They were patient for the most part. And so we were very pleased that she was there. It was a lot going on, but they were very, very eager. And of course you had some, but overall it was great. Um, I look forward to whatever the guidelines and some of the things that may cease or still be in place for our next election. And I'm very hopeful that the voters were also complying at that time. It did not deter anybody from voting. We broke record numbers and we were steady from the time we opened to the time that we closed. And the process for absentee voting didn't change. It's still the same process. Yes, ma'am. It is still the same process. The only thing that changed, we do have uh, four updates. If you don't mind, Helen, if I will share them, that was the 2021 legislation changes. One of them is that the absentee application now will be returned by mail, must be received seven days prior to the election. But if you're returning the absentee by hand, it must be received no later than five days prior. So if you're returning it prior to the election date by mail, it's seven days prior. And if you're turning it by hand, it's five days prior to the election. So for you to vote in person, it's still that five days. But if you're returning it by mail, it's seven days prior. The postmark date. Helen, I don't know if you remember that the postline deadline for the um, ballots to be returned is that it had to be postmarked uh, the day before in a particular time frame. Now that's been removed. So regardless of your postmark date, regardless of when it was mailed or when um, it is received, as long as it's received noon by that time before election day, then we're good. Noon on election day, we're good. The postmark date has been removed. And all of the election officials now who are processing absentee ballots can begin at 7 a.m., as opposed to after the polls close. So I know there were some provisions made just for the special election of the high volume that we had the last time, but now that this has gone into law, that we can start at 7 a.m., as opposed to once the polls close. And I just want the public to remember that if you vote in the Bessemer Cutoff Division, that if you live in the Bessemer Cutoff Division, you vote absentee and vote in the Bessemer Division. If you live in the Birmingham, it is the um, same for the Birmingham Division. Because if you submit your application or your ballot in the wrong division, it delays it being processed. So there might be people calling saying, I don't see my ballot uh, on the website. It's being received. Or I don't. If you send it in a different division, it will delay your vote, and possibly, depending upon the time frame, having some difficulties and may be questionable whether or not it would be received. So please, it's just very imperative that they return their ballots to the right division. Birmingham, Bessemer, I just want to give some, some areas in Bessemer just in case. Um, yeah. Bessemer, 
parts of Hoover up to the Galleria, McCullough, Pleasant Grove, here in town, Fairfield, Midfield, Johns, Adger, Brighton, Lipscomb, uh, parts of Birmingham in the Winona area. And I might have missed some, but those are some of the uh, areas that are the best for division. And I just wanted to make sure that our public knows that. Jackie, you are the circuit clerk for Birmingham. Tell me about what your role is um, in the election process, uh, Jefferson County as a whole. Well, as a circuit clerk for the Jefferson County um, proper, but working only in the Birmingham division, what I've noticed is a an interest, uh, a renewed interest uh, by voters in coming down to vote. And that is on the heels of a, a general election in which we had a massive turnout, way more than what we thought we were going to get. And I think that interest is still there. It may not result in the groundswell that we received before, but I do believe the interest is there. So my office is taking um, precautions um, and, and, and making plans to prepare for that. What do you think people should know to get ready to prepare to vote? As far as the Birmingham election is concerned, you know, now, the calls we get, voters are a little bit confused. They know about municipal elections, and the city of Birmingham will handle its own election process. Here in Jefferson County, Birmingham, we will be working with the state offices and the national offices. So we'll be working with the 2022 gubernatorial uh, office. So when people call us, we have to explain that to some of them. Many of them know, you know, what's going on. Uh, we get questions about where to go to um, get an absentee ballot for Birmingham City of Birmingham's election. And of course, we refer them to City Hall for that. So do you expect in the coming years with the changes in COVID restrictions, do you think you'll have the record turnouts for absentee voters that you had last year? I don't believe we will have as many, but I do believe that we will top the previous uh, year's number. And previously, before 2020, uh, before 2020, the largest group we had was around 10,000. As you know, 2020, we had 36, almost 37,000 in Birmingham alone. I wanted to talk a little bit about how um, Jefferson County is contracted to do other elections. So mayoral election coming up for the city of Birmingham, right? Right. And they, they can use our general services folks to, to help them with their elections, which means they use our machines. Uh, they use some of our resources and we, we help them because we've just got that infrastructure built in. But it's it's ultimately, you know, the, the municipalities bear, you know, there's 30. How many municipalities in Jefferson County? I can't remember. It's 30 something. 36. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of them have elections. Um and then you have elections for things like uh, annexations. You know, you may have a city that wants to annex a neighborhood that's in an unincorporated part of Jefferson County. And when that happens, there's a process for that. So it's not just, um, you know, presidential elections and gubernatorial elections. It, it 
it involves every part of, um, you know, even down to, you know, voting for city councils or voting for whether certain neighborhoods are going to be annexed into, into municipalities and things like that. And, and the, the county uh, will help with, will help the municipalities as much or as little as they want us to when we do that. Right. So is there anything else that you think the citizens need to know about how elections are handled or maybe what they need to have or bring with them? Any kind of general information you want them to know? Um, I would say beyond the nuts and bolts of that, Helen, is just, you know, there's been so much in in the news and on social media over the last couple of years um, with people just being concerned that their votes are being counted and then elections are run fairly and securely. And, you know, my experience here in Jefferson County, and of course, I've only been on the job for, you know, less, a little bit less than a year. I came in right in the middle of the election cycle last time. There are so many stakeholders uh, in Jefferson County who are committed to making our elections run really well, making sure that everyone has access to voting and making sure that voting is secure. Um, and it's and it's all across. We try very, very hard to make it apolitical from that standpoint, whatever your beliefs may be, uh, you know, personally, when when you come and work in Jefferson County on elections, everyone is committed to making sure that the rules are followed, that everyone gets to vote and that those votes are counted. Um, you know, here we have a, we have a more traditional way that we do voting. We have a paper ballot. It goes into an optical scanner and then as you know, that information is then stored. We have redundancies for how those votes are tabulated and stored so that, you know, unlike you see some of these news stories about, you know, electronic voting machines and getting hacked and all that kind of stuff. And that's just not in Jefferson County. That's that's not something that that can happen or that really could happen. We've got multiple different redundancies to make sure that. You know, Helen, when you vote, uh, we know what your vote is and how it's counted and everything. And if you know, if we ever have to do an audit of that, it's it's easy to go back and double check on in in different ways to make sure that that everything lines up the way it should. So, I you know, just my my two cents on it is that if you vote in Jefferson County, you know, you ought to feel really good about your vote being counted, uh, about it being accurate. Um, and that the people who work here care very much about making sure that you have as good an experience as you can and can do it in a safe and effective and efficient manner. Well, great. Judge, I think that's a great way to end this conversation. And um, I know you guys run a pretty tight ship because I've seen it up close. So um, thank you guys. Yeah, Captain Well, uh, Helen, if I could echo on what the judge said, I've been doing this for... 17 years since, and it's a team effort and everybody on the team, we're there to administer the process as outlined by the law. If I go to a voting precinct and tell someone they can't do something, it's not because I think they can't, it's because the law says they can't. And every time that we have found a, ourselves in a gray area, we err to the side of the caution with the voters in mind. We take it serious and we protect it. We know what has, we know the sacrifices that have taken place to allow us to do, to vote, to have these elections, and we hold them dear. And yes, we all have our preferences. We all cast our own ballots, but when we come through the doors to work on elections, I, I, 
I'm there to administer the law, do what's right, do what's fair. There you go. Well, thank you guys again. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you everybody for listening and joining us on the Jefferson County podcast for the people. If you have ideas on other topics you'd like to hear about, you can email me. I'm Helen Hayes and my email address is Hayes, H-A-Y-S-H at jccal.org. And until next time, we'll hear more on the Jefferson County podcast for the people. Mm -hmm.